0: I'm Geraldo Rivera. I'm Emily Compagno And I'm Eric Sean. This is a Fox News Rundown. Friday, December 10th, 2021. I'm Trey Yankst. Scientists are exploring whether being fully vaccinated against coronavirus will protect people against the emerging Omicron variant.
1: There hasn't been a red flag at this point to indicate that this variant would cause more severe disease, cause more severe symptoms or result in a higher death rate.
0: This is the Fox News Rundown. Evening edition. (music) Pfizer said this week that a third dose of their vaccine is effective against the Omicron variant. More research is underway to determine just how transmissible and deadly the new variant is. The developments come as coronavirus continues to be politicized around the world.
1: I think it's important that um, everyone kind of takes the emerging information with a grain of salt.
0: For more on this story, this is Dr. Nicole Sapphire
1: anybody who's sounding like they are an expert on Omicron right now, uh, they really have no idea what they're talking about because the majority of emerging information is based on anecdotal reports. And we're starting to hear from the Pfizer CEO and Moderna CEO and others and about the ability of the vaccine to ward off infection as well as severe disease. But this is really just out of laboratory studies with synthesized viruses. So we are, we're at the very beginning of getting information. But what is seems to be important is the cases that are being reported of Omicron out of South Africa and other nations as well as within the United States are that of mild illness. Now, we don't have a lot of information on that. Is the mild illness because the people have already been vaccinated? Is the mild illness because they're young, healthy individuals who maybe would have had mild illness with COVID anyway? We don't have all of that information yet. But the good news is there hasn't been a red flag at this point to indicate that this variant would cause more severe disease, cause more severe symptoms, or result in a higher death rate. So those are all good signs.
0: What's the process like to learn more about a variant? I imagine that with every variant that is discovered, there's a a process, as you've noted, that sort of starts in the lab. And then you can look at real world data to say, okay, how quickly is this spreading? How deadly is it? How many people are ending up in intensive care? What's that process look like?
1: Well, in the very beginning, so when they have the first couple of cases, what happened with South Africa, which they were far more transparent and forthcoming than the Chinese Communist Party was at the beginning of this entire pandemic, they did provide the genetic sequence of this variant very early on, and that gave scientists the ability to look at the genetic sequence, identify where the mutations are to help determine whether or not those mutations themselves could be potentially dangerous or evade immunity, and so that's what the initial investigations were. We're just identifying the mutations. And of course, that caused some concern because we saw that there were over 30 mutations in the spike protein alone. Now, all of the other variants had over about 10 to 15 um, mutations in the spike protein, but this one had collective a lot of those other mutations plus more, so that 's why people were concerned initially. Then what happens is you have Pfizer and other scientists taking that sequence into the lab and creating a synthetic virus, so they are inserting mutations into viruses that they have, and that kind of talks you know when you were having those conversations of gain of function research that 's what they 're doing there they 're inserting. Um, mutations and messing, essentially, or manipulating the genetics to try and study something. And so when you're doing that in the lab, it's the same thing. And so based on those laboratory studies on the synthesized virus, it looked as though the vaccines were able to mount a defense against the Omicron, which was great news. How does that translate into real world? Well, we're not entirely sure. I mean, look what happened with the initial vaccines. There was about a 95% efficacy to Prevent infection in the lab and then early on. And we started seeing that immediately once the vaccine campaigns ensued. But what happened after six months, that immunity quickly dropped off to be less than 50% protection. So how the laboratory studies or even the early data translate into more long term, you know, that takes time. And so we'll need to get more information. There's reports coming out showing that while you know, people are questioning, well, it seems like a lot of the people who are having the Omicron variant ha- are already fully vaccinated. Well, what does that mean? Well, I don't know. Maybe it just is like another breakthrough infection, just like we're seeing with the, the Delta variant. I mean, it's possible. Um, or is it that the vaccine didn't work at all? Well, that's probably not the case. The vaccine probably does still offer even some protection. And at the end of the day, it's about risk reduction, not getting to zero risk.
0: What's your take on where this is headed in terms of how often people will need a vaccine? There's a lot of talk about portions of the world that don't even have their initial vaccines broadly distributed throughout the population, still needing to get those first and second shots. Where do you see this headed in the next six to 12 months?
1: That's a great question. And I can tell you that, you know, there you hear people saying uh, there's the continued push for vaccination boosting in the United States, and there's merits to supporting those campaigns. However, as we saw with South Africa, while the United States over seventy percent of you know Americans have maybe received at least one dose of the vaccine, new variants will will develop across the globe if we don't actually have a global push for vaccines. And that's one of the biggest frustrations from a lot of um, physicians and other healthcare workers is that we're focusing so much on the microcosm, which is the United States, that if we aren't equally helping other um, less rich nations, we will have continued circulating variants that will continue to affect us, just like we're seeing with Omicron right now. And Omicron may not actually be as big of a deal for the United States as the media headlines would have you think. But uh, if you if you listen to the Pfizer CEO, you're, you think that you're going to be um, boosted every day almost. He's just said today that he anticipates a fourth booster shot will be needed eventually. Well, I mean, maybe so. If you think of influenza and the flu shot, people go and get their flu shot every single year because of different circulating strains and variants. And that has just become a normal way of life. Now, COVID, unfortunately, is incredibly politicized. And so the idea of people having to go and get a COVID booster every year I think people have a harder time wrapping their head around um but at no way, shape or form did anyone say in the beginning it was going to be you know the two dose regimen, and then nothing we who- who knows we had no long term data in that essence, so I think at this point, the booster campaigns they will have to become a little bit lessened in my opinion, and to be more focused into those who are more vulnerable. I think they need to start considering the fact that there's ample data that suggests people with two doses of the vaccine who have had COVID, so they have the vaccine plus natural immunity, that is proving to be more robust than any booster that you could give. And until they start acknowledging some of these other forms of immunity, I think you're going to continue to have a lot of pushback um, from people. And unfortunately, that's going to impede us moving forward as a nation.
0: You've been listening to Dr. Nicole Sapphire. We'll be right back. It'll be interesting how people look back on this time and the conversation about information flow and vaccinations. You would think that in in the long term, people will come around to accept whatever is backed by science and whatever the facts are to keep people safe and and healthy at a reasonable level. And I, I do wonder if a lot of the politicization and disagreements about coronavirus will subside after sort of the hype around the initial pandemic dies down. But uh, it's hard to tell. And I I guess that's my question as a medical professional. How do you have that conversation with patients who maybe aren't watching the news every day? They're not really tuned into the political back and forth over people who want to be vaccinated, uh, people who don't want to be vaccinated. How do you have that conversation with people who are sort of in the middle of the road and just want to know more and make decisions that are best for them?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question. Uh, Hence why I wrote the book, Panic Attack, the politicization of science and the fight against COVID-19, because unfortunately, the politicization of this all has completely thwarted our efforts um, to uh, being unified as a society. And, you know, I talk with my patients, my family, my friends, and I say that I believe that whether or not to be vaccinated, whether or not to be boosted is an individual choice. I think the Benefit is clear to be vaccinated in the far overwhelming majority of the population. I think it is less clear when we're talking about younger children and people who have natural immunity. And the same goes as with boosters. I think boosters is the same conversation. Uh, definitely warranted in uh, more vulnerable populations and those who work in high-risk um places, and I think it should be tailored to those who have medical comorbidities, but I still think, again, there should be a conversation that includes natural immunity with that. And My colleague, Marty, Dr. Marty McCary, Johns Hopkins professor, also Fox News contributor, he and I wrote... Um, in my opinion, a very thoughtful piece from the for the Wall Street Journal about a month ago, talking about should you vaccinate your five-year-old? And all we do is break down the data so that people could understand it and make their own decision. Because ultimately, as physicians and scientists, we we are not the end-all be-all. All we can do is provide information, but ultimately the decision to do anything regarding someone's health is up to that individual as they should consult with their own personal physicians.
0: Certainly. Well, I really appreciate your perspective and analysis on all of this. Dr. Nicole Sapphire, joining us today on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition podcast. Dr. Sapphire, thank you very much.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up to the minute news, go to foxnews.com.